My name is Chad. And mine is Lucas. <laughs> I decided to shake it up this time. Did that, did that throw you? I didn't give you a warning. I'm sorry. Yeah, a little bit. That's all right. <laughs> What's the name of our show? I mean, let's keep it going. Um, and this is this, this, and this. It's the show with two guys who really don't know a lot, but we do know a little. Hello, Lucas. Hi, Chad. You really, you really threw me for a loop there. Look, I, I wanted to add a possessive into our, into our intro, you know? So you always have been possessive. <laughs> why say a lot word when few words do trick is what I like to say. You I know, think a, I think a famous philosopher said that. It's true. I'm also trying to appeal to like the morning commute crowd who like doesn't have a ton of time. So I feel like if we can cut out words in the intro, you know, like people are, it's, I mean, it's just going to pay dividends immediately. You're right. We saved a lot time, a, a lot time. <laughs> we saved a lot time. All right. Start. Um, <laughs> So I guess let's just, let's get right into it. Yeah, I mean, that's um, what we're here for. I've got a topic for you that uh, I forget where I came across it, but when I saw it, I had to dig deeper because- It, it, it called to you? Lucas, have you ever heard of choreomania? Is that um, like a convention for choreographers? Not quite. And it's also not your, you know, normal university dance marathon for- Okay. Um, a local hospital it's neither okay. of those things those are my first two guesses so i'm pulling right. out of ideas over here well choreomania is also known as dancing mania or dancing oh. do you oh do you know this no i'm just oh. shocked that it's dance related <laughs> in any way <laughs> or in a in a in a darker fashion the dancing plague oh heavens i mean i've i've suffered from it i'll be I, you and those feet you've seen me cut a rug sometimes i just can't stop baby they your feet sometimes just don't do you any good <laughs> i got two left feet i blame my mother all right Carry on. now now choreomania or dancing mania was a social phenomenon that occurred primarily in mainland europe between the 14th and 17th centuries oh this is an oldie oh this is an oldie so they're not like cranking soldier boy and <laughs> you know it's it's like old timey country jigs. Well, um, I love that energy. Not <laughs> kind of. I just want it to be fun. Is that is that too much to ask? It might be in okay. this in this scenario. You're the expert. Um, yeah. Now this involved groups of people dancing erratically, sometimes thousands at a time. Um, there were men, women, and children who would dance until they collapsed from exhaustion and injuries. Chad, it's moments like these where I wish you had seen Midsummer. Well, I see, that's why I was like, I think you might have some sort of semblance of what's going on here. I know they do some sort of dance in that movie. Boy, do they. Where someone gets to be the queen of something. The bell of the ball, baby. Now, let me tell you, there's none of that in this sure this is not some sort of uh prize at the end it's just all around disaster right um it was not an isolated event uh, it was well documented that it happened very often but only between those centuries really um so and and it was and it was uh poorly understood and all remedies for what was going on was based on guesswork primarily People it does did not, not really surprise me that people don't understand what the hell is going on. People didn't understand then, and people don't really understand now. Well, when you say thousands of people at a time, do you mean in the same place or like thousands of documented cases over a large area? Or was it like concentrated? Because I'm imagining like a field of dancing bodies who can't stop the freaky funk, you know? That's exactly what it is. Oh, heavens. And, and that happened a decent amount. <laughs> Throughout throughout, 300 years or so. I, I will go out on um, a limb here and I'll say that one time is a decent amount. So if it happened multiple times. I, there is some artwork here that is, uh, it freaks me out a little bit. Sure. <laughs> some, some documented moments um, <laughs> that 
will be etched in my brain for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- theories range from a lot of religious cults being behind the processions um, to people dancing to relieve themselves of stress. Um, been there. And, you know, we, we've <laughs> all been there. We've all been there. Um, it is speculated to have been a mass psychogenic illness in which physical symptoms with no known physical cause are observed to affect a group of people as a form of social influence. So, so a like lot of peer pressure. Well, that, that seems to be the idea. Interesting. I can understand that. It's like when you're at the middle school dance and it's like you get pushed into the circle and then you try to like recruit two more friends. Cause you're like, if we do this together, like, I won't want to like shrivel up into a raisin and like roll straight out of the gym, you know? Sure. So like, if you can get a thousand of your buddies, like the chance of embarrassment, small as a little sugar snap pea. I feel like no one ever joined me um, in those moments. They left me out to dry. Yeah. Each time. Shit friends. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who my friends were at the time. It's hard to tell. You yeah. Think you know somebody. You think. Um, now, oftentimes, um, these events took place um, where uh, certain saints in history had been celebrated or reported to have been celebrated. So a lot of people thought that this condition was considered a curse sent by a saint. So these people would go to these places where saints had been honored and respected sure. and they would just have these huge events and people were like oh it's a curse from this specific saint interesting so did they go did they like set out to dance or were they like overcome with the need to dance at the celebration no one knows hmm. no one really knows um no surviving copies of like <laughs> the agenda for the celebration i'm guessing I don't think so. There are some scientists at the time. Uh-huh. What was a scientist yeah, was in like 1300? Quite questionable source to begin with. I feel like I could have been a scientist if I just had like some binoculars. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, look at this person doing this. And people would be like, God, he's good. <laughs> or if you had like a spoon and you hit somebody on the knee and their leg went up, you would either be a, a doctor or a, or a witch. A witch. And you, in which case you would be burned, of course. Um, uh yeah not good for a scientist back then i don't think um so let me tell you this was an epidemic sounds like it Uh, people did not know what was going on but um scientists quote unquote at the time (laughs) uh described dancing mania as some sort of collective mental disorder collective hysterical disorder and mass madness yeah um you know, we're talking about like epileptic proportions of dancing, where it seems people like try people and intervene. I don't know. They weren't to be stopped. They weren't to be stopped. Um, this is okay. This is a this is a very interesting um, factoid that I did not expect. But uh, one one such outbreak happened in twelve thirty seven. Okay. So just a few years ago. And uh, a large group of children traveled about 20 kilometers, jumping and dancing all the way. And this specific incident uh, was the origin of the legend of the Pied Piper. Oh. How about that? That's jaw-dropping. But, that it so was it's kind like, of scary, actually. Dude, they don't put those, like, based on true events things at the beginning of Pied Piper stories. No, but they should. That's a liability. Yeah. You got to let people know. Well, now, people, okay, so, people should know the truth. Well, here's the thing, Chad. So I live alone, right? And the, after, you, yes. after you saying, well, how many groups, how many children were in this posse? Hundreds? Um. Well, more than, more than enough to be. It says large group. Sure, I'm imagining like this happening down my street right now. I gotta tell you, I'm not in a good spot. Well, let's keep going then. Um, <laughs> another the, incident. The wound is open. Let's let's continue. Another incident in 1278. So just a 
just a smidgen later. A little bit later, yeah. Involved about 200 people dancing on a bridge, resulting in its collapse. Um, and many, many survived, but many did not. <laughs> so that's a, these, that's a double whammy. So you're, yeah. it's like you're at risk because of exhaustion, and your your bridge has collapsed. Exactly. Um, it's dangerous. People shouldn't be doing that. We're we're talking about people would dance so hard that they would break their ribs and just die. Um, but was it dancing? Are we allowed to call it dancing, or was it well? Like- that that's why I said it. It almost seems epileptic at times because uh-huh. it seems as though people did not have control over their bodily functions. I'm no dance expert, but I'm trying to think of a dance move where you could break a rib. Oh, hold on, just light bulb. Just thought of one. All right, the worm. I mean, you get high enough, and if you're you telling you brace. <laughs> if you're telling me that people in 1278 were doing the worm on a bridge, dude, worms were worms were very much around at that time. I got to imagine that there was For one sure. innovator in that group who was like, "I can do that." You see that worm in the dirt? Check this out. And then <laughs> back rib city. They were like, "Have you seen that one little squirmy thing that comes out when it rains?" <laughs> And I'd like a, to do a, that. It's a guy coming out yeah. of like a gutter. It's like this. <laughs> Maybe that's the that's patient zero for the peer pressure. Was the guy who did the worm, and everyone was so captivated by it. Well, it's funny because if we're talking about modern day dance circles, if you yeah. do the worm, you've got everyone's attention. You've got everyone's attention. I mean, how could you not? It's a feat of strength of skill of mind and body and soul i want to say that the only dance move that could have stopped this epidemic was if someone knew how to break dance at this time because (laughs) i think (laughs) i don't think everyone else is dancing i think everyone else is just stopping and staring yeah so maybe that could have saved a lot of lives if i'm trying to think of someone in in the middle ages doing like the head spin you know god yeah you know and they like i don't know that like thinking about that makes my neck hurt but some people can do it i mean were you like allowed to show your hair like i don't even know right i mean can you do that with a hat can you break dance with a hat on it's got to depend on the hat i feel like if it's a baseball hat you know it's got the little nubbin on the top and that's that's not comfortable that sucker is denting your cranium (laughs) for sure so you're gonna have severe brain damage if you or or I'm just or, gonna. Or, 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 I uh, Seal has just had an idea. If you do it with the baseball cap, it's like a little top, you know. Like that's the that's the point. Could maybe you spin easier doing that? You want to try? Works? <laughs> you want to try right now? We can just test. Drop it out. down and give me twenty <laughs> minutes of break dancing. Twenty minutes of choreomania. Yes. I don't know if that's what the top is for, but if it is, boy, that's fun. It's, I mean, life hack, am I right? Um, now, there's an author named Robert Bartholomew. Right. Um, he's still with us, actually. Oh, what's up, Robert? Hey, if you kinda... come on the show, if you're ever listening, anyway. This message is for Robert Bartholomew. We don't understand what this is. Um, he, he says that... Um, participants often did not reside where the dancing took place. Um, Such people would travel from place to place and sometimes pick up people along the way. Um, And with them, they each person brought their own kind of behavior and customs from whatever town they were from. So as you can imagine, there's a lot going on at these events. Yeah. And, that, and we're not talking like state fair, a lot going on. It's, it's just no. like, it which there is, concerning. which there is. I remember, um, I remember one year, I feel like I saw just about everything I could imagine at the state fair. Your bingo card was just full. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a man with a face tattoo and a child on a, on a leash. Like it, it was the, it, there was a pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I almost struck gold just me. on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're talking all sorts of different kinds of people. Um, now, Bartholomew also writes that some paraded around naked um, and made obscene gestures, and exactly. some even had sexual intercourse. Um, 
Others acted like animals and jumped and hopped around. Okay, I'm starting to realize something here, Chad. Say it. I was thinking about this before we got into all the dirty nasty that you just discussed. Spouted. But I think this whole situation was just a precursor for Burning Man. Yeah, probably. Right? Probably. In the middle of the desert, people travel from far and wide. Music. Dancing. Gyrating. Maybe some of it's not dancing. Maybe it's just lucid movement. Sex? For sure. Nudity? Absolutely. Is there death at Burning Man? Someone's got to get burnt. <laughs> Those are the rules. I mean, one guy, one guy dies. One that's guy. why it's I the mean, Burning Man. Yep, it's the risk you take. Um, no, so that's. I mean, the times have progressed. It's safer now, and the essence of it still remains. But the death has been weeded out, which is good for everybody. I think that's a good point. Um, now there is a there is another a similar phenomenon that takes in a bit of a different direction and we can end on this note um but it's called tarantism it only happened in italy um between 13th and 17th century sure and it was dancing just like just like choreomania yep except that the victims were said to have been poisoned by a tarantula or a scorpion and dancing in this fashion was thought to have been um, a way to separate the poison in their blood stream so as so as not to harm them. So it was like prescribed. I guess. That's great. I love it that. Didn't work. No, I, but... I doubt it. But can you imagine going to the doctor and getting an RX for break it down, sister? That would be amazing. It'd be like doc i'm so ill and it's like yeah well you're not dancing enough i don't see you moving show me those freaky feet i'm imagining you know getting stung by some wild animal or getting bitten by a snake and they're like well were you dancing (laughs) (laughs) of course you died (laughs) that's a good point that's a good point you're in the afterlife and they're like how'd you die and you're like ah i got poisoned and they're like are you a dancer? And you're like, yeah, occasionally. And they're like, you didn't think it was the right time? <laughs> they're like, you know that's how it works, right? You could be back down there right now if you had just busted a couple moves. Honestly, you know what? Break dance for us right here. We'll send you back down free <laughs> yeah, of charge. It's a one-time <laughs> offer. I mean, we just don't hand this out every day. That would be nice. That would be really nice. It is nice um, that the, the prescriptions were so simple back then where it was like, if there's poison in you, you just got to shake it loose, baby. Ain't nothing ain't nothing to it. I'll tell you what. The only place where this wouldn't have worked is the town from Footloose. Oh, my God. So They'd true. be like, please, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't dance. You're going to have to go. I'm you sorry. Can't dance. You know how the mayor... Your... Is the mayor the one who doesn't like dancing? Or is it just like a, a, a man in town who has a lot of influence? It's definitely a man. Yeah. It always absolutely. is. For sure. Um this you know ego and patriarchy so yep. i want to say it's the mayor seems more plausible to be but the, the mayor. mayor isn't kevin bacon right he's the rebellious young man kevin bacon is the out-of-town kid who just who just needs to dance because because he, he certainly does it to blow off steam you know oh my he goes god yeah to the forest and does his rage dance montage is that footloose that might be midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. You go to the you go to the forest and you get that get that done. Get you get all your dance juice out. So yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. To to put a bow on it, many people suggest that the the symptoms that people suffered to do this kind of thing were similar to typhus and epilepsy. Um, Others believe that sometimes these things were staged and the strange behavior was just due to people acting strange. Um, But there's no real way to know. That's so wild. I feel like it, 
feel like it's more plausible that it was just like person to person influence than it was like a widespread like epileptic situation well the right? only thing i can think of is that this is around the time of like the black plague i mean uh-huh. there was there was stuff going on Do maybe people... sorry go ahead. oh yeah i i think a lot of um i think a lot of people also um would see this happening and then think that maybe someone infected them or somehow and they also needed to dance and I'm saying like just spiraled in, out of control. Right. Like in groups, I feel like people just do whack stuff and can't really explain it. I think we all understand that peer pressure is um is you know it's prevalent and you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. This this whole segment's a PSA. It's this is a, this is actually a dare segment. Yeah, we're both dare officers. If your friend danced until death, would you? I hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I mean we've all we've all come close to situations like that and we can thank our lucky stars that we were on the on the right path, you know. Well, Chad, thanks for taking us down that uh just so many twists and turns on that road. Um I feel uh wiser because of it. I feel <laughs> ill. I <laughs> I thank you. Um I wish that we were pivoting into a, a topic that had a little bit more, I don't know, light hearted qualities, but we're not. So here we go. We're going into, going into part two. We're going to talk about mummification mummies. You know, it from Brendan Fraser's hit 1999 movie, your doppelganger. I mean, respect, you know, thoughts, you know, so anyone, anyone who's listening to this, Text me as soon as you hear this part and let me know if you think I look like Brendan Fraser. I think with the right haircut, it's it's there. And it's definitely not a bad thing. I mean, come on. Hey, Hollywood has blacklisted Brendan Fraser and I don't think that's okay. Blacklisted him? He just doesn't get parts anymore. It's true. I, the last thing I remember him from was the, was, um, the doctor's brother in Scrubs. Oh my Ringing God. Bells. <laughs> so long ago that's all i got that's all i got it, it's yeah, one of those things cool. where you're you're on snapchat and then you know you see one of those like you will not believe what hollywood has done to brendan fraser's career you know and you're, and like, you're like i will believe i'm kind of interested <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right snapchat you sly dog let's see what this is all about anyway um i kind of want to start just by talking about our elementary school and middle school education, because I was reading through like the process of embalming and mummification. And I just like had a lot of, like a lot of knowledge flow back into my brain that I realized we learned at like a very young age, but I don't think we like fully registered what we were being taught in terms of like how insane it was that it was like 1130 on a Tuesday and our teacher was like, and then they insert a hook into their nose and they pull out their brain. And we were like, pull out their brain in our notes. And then it was like, doodle, doodle, hook through the nostril. Like what were, why why didn't anybody say anything? That was the first thing I thought of because that's the only thing that's ever stuck with me about mummification is the brain hook. And the brain hook's real and apparently very crucial for the preservation of the body because the brain, I mean, it don't, it doesn't preserve like that. You know, like you got to get rid of all the soft tissue. So are you telling me that they dig that up there and then it somehow stays intact? I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it's like a clean strand. Maybe the masters were like, able to do it in one. Does pole. it just uncoil? It's just well, you, one. It's like a hose. <laughs> well, you know, like when you're eating a clementine and you're like freaking one peel, baby, I'm going to get it. Like no, no segments are going to fall off. Maybe it's like that, you know, and like the the master peelers were the ones who could get it out in one freaking bucatini noodle, you know. I think you were one step away from ruining clementines for me. <laughs> no, it's just a game you like to play, and you got to keep life interesting and keep it at one peel. Um. So yeah, the 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 brain hook is is very real, along with the removal of all of the other internal organs, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. But I was like struck by how similar it is to just like it's like uh this is gonna be a little 
maybe callous, but it's like human beef jerky. It's just like dehydrating people, you know? It's like salt and thyme and coverage. But we talking the spice or the or the concept of thyme. Oh, <laughs> the concept. Okay. I was like, I don't remember saying the spice recently, but <laughs> You had a little salt, you had a little time, and it's beef jerky. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, yeah, I mean, like some paprika, olive oil, call it a day. Um, yeah, it's literally just like, like get out all of the gunk, cover it in salt, wrap them up, and they're and they're chilling for a while. And by a while, I mean thousands of years, of course. And none of this is interesting to anybody because everybody already knows it. But I just needed to like, we needed to talk about how insane it was and acknowledge how just like the the process of it is just wow you know right hard for me to process it kind of <laughs> it's one of my deepest darkest fears oh that's just right. that just that whole era you know oh, so true okay well i did I, for, I had forgotten that we were we were venturing into this uh the the parts of your brain that you don't like to let come to the forefront very often it's not it's not even the mummy part like Mm -hmm. the idea of a mummy i'm like yeah big whoop sure it's the process of like taking all the body parts out i think that just just curdles my stomach you know and they probably did that too you know curdling stomachs definitely for sure (laughs) maybe um i i learned that there were like three different tiers of of mummification and it and it ranged from like most to least expensive and the most expensive was like our pharaoh friends, you know, who get like the whole star-studded treatment, lots of like expensive spices stuffed all up in there. Okay, so there are spices stuffed. There in are there. spices. <laughs> it's every uh, the the blip that I read was like everything but frankincense is what they said. So everything that was available aside for frankincense, um, myrrh was in there. I mean, we're getting biblical here. Yeah. So if it. you died, what would be the number one spice you want your body covered in? Uh, probably posh spice if that's possible i know i just you know i'm particular you only get one shot at this so like what am i gonna say freaking black pepper no way no you're gonna say everything but the bagel seasoning (laughs) just (laughs) all over my body head on down to tj's tell him lucas sent you i'll be the best smelling uh i'll be the best smelling body you've ever seen yahoo um so the uh, the first and second versions, like there's not a ton of distinction between them. The third version, and this is like bargain brand mummification, is where things get interesting. Um, the this is the, this is the summary that I was I was given. The third and least expensive method the embalmers offered was to clear the intestines with an unnamed liquid, and they don't give us there's no footnotes, there's no hyperlink. It's unnamed. Apple juice. Gotta be, right? Welch's, baby. That's that's the stuff. Um, inject, oh, yeah, wait, hold on. I should finish the sentence before. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> uh, the embalmers offered was uh, to clear the intestines with an unnamed liquid injected as an enema. So they're going right up the keister with the unnamed liquid. And we don't, again, we can only assume it's Welch's. We don't have, you know, a lot of interviews from these times. So we'll go with Welch's for now. It seems, you know. They'd be better off if it was ocean spray. I'll say that. <laughs> That's going to polarize. I mean, you're going to know a lot of our listeners. But... I know, but <laughs> hey, I had to say it. Yep, this is, a, this is a controversial podcast. I mean, ocean spray, Welch's, we're not afraid to say it. Um, so... Yeah, I, do, I mean, the mystery of the, the least expensive method, this mystery fluid up the bum, and then it's sent into a, like, a, like a room where the rest of the bodies are decomposing with the salt on them for 70 days. We're talking over two months here to get like the right level of moisture removed from the body. Um, and then it said that they gave no further details about that method. So... I don't know. I mean, are they getting rid of the soft tissue? I don't know. Don't think the brain hook was involved. I'll tell you that much. So it's like a so it's like a spicy sauna for for three months, two months. Yes, I would say it was probably the opposite environment of a sauna, though. It was like 
the climate uh, of of the the desert was like so uniquely um, what's the word like positioned to be able to preserve peeps because it was sure. so dry you know um but yeah like definitely the environment of a sauna where it's just a bunch of fellas hanging out you know some of them naked i mean that's i mean we've been in saunas it happens we've been all over saunas <laughs> um so that that was interesting i i that uh so there's another portion be brave <laughs> well I, I, i'm i'm kind of glad that the uh the topic that you had chosen to talk about dealt with like scientists and like the medical field at the time um because similarly in the in the middle ages there was something called mellified man and mellified man was like ground up mummy into a little powder that was like given medicinally to uh heal um which is just buck wild boy that's tough isn't it it really is it's like a mixture of uh steeping what it says here is a medicinal substance created by steeping a human cadaver in honey which is kind of sweet it's kind of nice i'm not getting a lot of uh <laughs> facial expressions registering from your end here sweet sweet is not where i went but Boy, if that's sweet, then call me a sweetheart. Yep. I mean, I mean, we gotta be honest here. They didn't have ocean spray. No. Readily available, so they had no. to do. Imagine being like, "Hey, I have a cold. Can I use your grandpa's ashes? Like, <laughs> I just want to feel better." <laughs> it's just I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. This is what I'm saying. It's like, who was qualified to be giving medical advice at this time? If this is the advice we were giving people, which is not a new thought, but I just, you know, it's gotta be said. There's gotta be someone who is qualified. Maybe people handing out these prescriptions. Not so sure. You know, that TikTok where <laughs> it, well, it's a news story in a TikTok, but it's like talking about some King Tut exhibit or like a mummy exhibit. And it's like, scientists have, worked overtime oh. <laughs> to figure out like what the, what this mummy's voice sounded like in whatever bc and it's yeah. just and the recording is just ah <laughs> <laughs> it's the quickest scream ever <laughs> i love that yeah why I is love... the first mummy that i think of akman ra from night at the museum rami malik rami malik <laughs> When he was really getting started. And then oddly, Ben Kingsley is like his dad. And I was Oh my god, that's right. Right? Like how why did he agree to the sequel to Night at the Museum? I gotta say, Ben Kingsley has made some interesting acting choices. Yeah, he was in Iron Man three. And that was a weird one. That was a weird one. It's I mean, it feels like at this age, actors like that are just like, I'm just gonna I just wanna have a little fun. I wanna, you know, play around a little. He was like, "Ah, oh, I had to play Gandhi for like a year. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be silly now." I'm exhausted. I just want to do silly voices with Robert Downey Jr. Is that it's like, okay? He's like that Gandhi guy isn't silly at all. <laughs> his his head is so smooth. Uh, I mean, ben Kingsley's. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. You just see it, and you want to rub your hands all over that head. I, I bet mellified man made of Ben Kingsley is really <laughs> what the doctor ordered. Well, literally, because that's what they prescribed. That's what you the know. doctor ordered. Yeah. Now, would you rather be prescribed dancing till you die or mummified man debris? Hmm. Definitely mummified man debris, because I wouldn't die. Um, well, I don't think you'd. I don't think you'd know if you were dying. If I had the if I had the dude dust in my mouth. No, if you were dancing, like. Oh, true. You would. Right. You would just be on some sort of ecstasy really that you just right you're just having a good time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh. and it's not guaranteed that i'll die no you, you could know? just break your ribs and i'm young i'm spry so spry so much endurance but back then you'd be like your life would be oh, halfway yeah. at least yeah. halfway over i'm like definitely like a senior citizen at this point sure. you know um i would probably do dancing just because i can like 
I, I would like to, I, I would like to, uh, the challenge of being able to improve my moves from the beginning to the end of the episode is like really rewarding. I feel like, you know, it's like a, it's like a dance class with a lot of risk involved. It is. It really is. Now, do you know anything about um, mummification in other places? I feel yes. like we all think of it as Egypt, but where did it happen? Everywhere. Every, every continent there has been mummies. Yeah. Every continent. And um, a lot of that is due to the fact that it was a widely practiced situation, but not in Antarctica, obviously. So I was like, then how are we, how are we finding mummies in Antarctica? And I learned that there are two different types of mummification. There is like the practice of mummifying something intentionally, but then there's also something called spontaneous mummification, which I just loved. And that's like the natural, like a fossilization situation. Like if you're like encased in something or like, like, uh, like Han Solo and Carbonite. Exactly. Like Han so. Solo. That's mummification. Uh, Technically. Yeah, I but guess. He, so. Well, he wasn't dead. So. He, wasn't he wasn't dead. Dead, but the the definition here is spontaneous mummies were created unintentionally. Well, so I guess I mean this was intentional, but like what proceeds applies due to natural conditions such as extremely dry heat or cold conditions. So. It was definitely intentional, but it is mummification. You so know, it's like, intentional mummification. Yeah, it's like preservation. Could you, you know, could you have a court case for <laughs> intentional mummification? Hmm. Hmm. This man tried to mummify <laughs> me. <laughs> I was actually born in 1872. I may look 35, but I'm well over 100 years old. But it's I like was Steve Rogers. Chad, it's like Steve Rogers. Whoa. So Steve Rogers is the original mummy. Not At Brendan least in Fraser. Pop culture. <laughs> Not Brendan Fraser. Well, he was was he ever the mummy? Or was he no, there to no, hang he was out just, with the mummy? Well, I don't think he even wanted to hang out with it. I think he was trying to avoid it at all costs. Sure. And then people uh meddled with it and it got angry. Angry mummy. <laughs> I did all fun facts about the movie and apparently there was like a firestorm at some point because it's like they released the curse and everything's not going so hot for everyone. Um, and I learned that the prop that they used for fire was dog food that was painted white, which seemed not to make much sense to me at all because it feels as though there are other white substances that are shaped like dry dog food. I'll give like, them points for creativity though. I suppose. I suppose, I suppose. But it doesn't feel like a situation where you need to be all that creative. I only thought like that. that dog food was used for consumption, nutrition, but... Arts and crafts, baby. Get into it. Next time I have a campfire, I'm just going to throw some dog food in there. Yeah, get that aroma going. Um, One last fun fact for you. This one's a real brain tickler. That's not true at all. It's very straightforward, but it made my brain go, what the hell? Um, over a million animal mummies have been found in Egypt, and many of them are cats. So they makes, were like, makes sense, right? I mean, if I'm going, I want my cat coming. So, well, they really valued that animal, right? Like, you know, the Sphinx. Mm -hmm. So, man, I, I bet my mom would love to mummify our past cats. She would, yeah, definitely, she would have. She did bury one of our cats in the backyard. That's true. Which I'm unsettled by it personally, who but who wouldn't be? It's hard for me to bring it up. Did your dad have to bury it? Or did well, she yeah, bury it? Or did you bury it? No. I remember this is this is my uh former cat Lucy, who uh I was having a sleepover and uh, I opened the door to my room and Lucy was just lying on the ground in front of my room. And I went, I went, mom, look, Lucy's sleeping. And then my mom just broke into a scream <laughs> because Lucy was dead. Love that and then I watched, I watched from my window as my dad had to like dig a hole in the flower bed and 
he had to make a box. Like I saw him like oh, saw a box and my mom was just standing next to him the whole time. And I was <laughs> like, I was even at that age, I was like, this is weird. Giving him pointers. I'm imagining like pouring rain and it's like all mud. I'm sure it probably was a, a very normal day, but that seems oh, it, appropriate. There was an overcast, which sure. feels appropriate for you know what? Whenever there's a funeral in a movie, it's always overcast, right? Yeah, like that's appropriate. So, yeah, my mom is an ancient pharaoh. <laughs> if she were around at the time, she'd be bringing the cats. Like no question asked. No question. Yeah, I'm so glad we were able to share that story with our listeners. It's really yeah. a good one. Hey, if you see my mom, um, please offer your condolences. Please uh, do. She's been dead for over a decade, but I'm it still haunts her to the cat. Let's (laughs) the cat, not my mother. (laughs) Good lord, she is she is still with us. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. Hello, mom. Hello, mom. Well, Chad, that's all I got on mummification. All right. Let me let me let me bring us around to our third and final topic of the evening, Um, as voted on by our by our uh, loyal listeners so thank you once again yes thank you once again for uh seeing the poll and reacting now charlie horse uh is the topic that was chosen by our listeners which beat out cornish game hen by quite a sizable margin yeah it was it was really a a runaway favorite for for the few of you who chose cornish game hen i want you to know that that is not being overlooked uh we will keep a tab and hopefully talk about Cornish game hens at some point. We've got it in the hopper. That's for sure. But I'd like to talk about uh, the Charlie horse briefly. Um, now, Lucas, what do you think a Charlie horse is just off the top of your head? Um, my, my main point of contact here is the game of operation where you pull out the little horse. Um, and it's, I think it's in the abdomen. So I'm like, isn't it like a, um, uh, like a really sharp pain in the, in your abdomen area. I don't know what causes it, but is that the right area of the body? Now, before I, before I answer that, uh-huh. um, I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, Kathleen Dempsey, who I was having a drink with last night. And she, uh, she noted that she was experiencing a Charlie horse. Oh, Kathleen. And I said, how old are you? That's like the oldest thing I've ever heard someone say. Um, but you know, I, I I think I was wrong Mm. because a Charlie horse is just another name for a muscle spasm. (gasps) Any muscle spasm you have in any part of your body can be considered a Charlie horse. Huh? Wow. How about that? That's a lot. Your hamstring hurt? Charlie horse. Just a Charlie horse. (laughs) I did definitely associate it with an older population. I don't think you were out of line there. I, I, I know I wasn't out of line. <laughs> um, now, for anyone who's experiencing a Charlie horse, know that they are treatable at home. Mm, good. Um, they're usually just a sign of um, excessive exercise or some inadequate, inadequate blood flow, um, not stretching enough. Mm. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of home remedies that you can do to, to rid yourself of that aching charlie horse dude people got to be stretching you have to be i'm saying this is another psa for our listeners please stretch a lot of medical advice on this show are we rebranding are we mds no you're shaking your head (laughs) well i can't afford med school i'm not doing that i don't know if it's for us but um i do think there's a lot of value in it to our to our listeners who are pursuing that kind of uh fields thank you (laughs) you think there's a lot of value in being a doctor um yeah yeah (laughs) that's great yeah no i agree with you for sure especially the financial compensation i i I think Mm -hmm. i think they do okay for themselves i've heard that i've heard that something tells me right um now we've all had muscle spasms so let's get to the part that people actually want to (laughs) hear why on earth is it called a Charlie horse. I want to know. There are several theories Uh-oh. of why it's called a Charlie horse. Let's start in the 1880s, where multiple publications referred 
to the term Charlie horse as something familiar to baseball players who reportedly used it to describe certain muscle injuries or pains. Okay. Um, two ball players, Jack Glasscock. Jack. Oh my God. The life he must've led. I mean, that's just, God, that's no good. Oh, the poor guy. Is he okay? Well, he's definitely dead. Definitely dead, for sure. Jack Glasscock and Joe Quest. Oh, powerful name. Mm -hmm. Joe Quest. Mamma mia. They are each credited as an originer, originator of the phrase in this okay. version. Were they buddies? Um, I, I think they were. That's cute. Now, in a July 1886 issue of a West Virginia newspaper, um, this story occurs. Baseballists have invented a brand new disease called Charlie Horse. Are baseballists, sorry to, sorry to interrupt you, are they against <laughs> or for baseball? They're baseball purists, I believe. Uh, okay, 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 okay. All right. Baseball is their bread and butter. Yep. Um, they said a Charlie horse consists of a peculiar contraction and hardening of the muscles and tendons of the thigh to which ball players are liable from the sudden starting and stopping in chasing balls. Jack Glasscock. Ugh. Moment of silence. Gather yourself. Continue. Is said to have originated the name because the way that men limped around reminded him of an old horse he once owned named Charlie. Oh, Charlie, what a sweet How heart. sweet. That is sweet. Wait, was Charlie lame? Is that what they're saying? I don't know, but uh, this next part does not further explain. Okay. Um, it is suggested that Glasscock adopted this phrase from his father, who took care of um, a horse named Charlie. And when the dad saw his son limping due to this kind of leg injury, he supposedly remarked, why, John, my boy, what is the matter? You go just like the old Charlie horse. <laughs> God, I wish we still talked like that. You go just like the old Charlie horse. <laughs> what is the matter? My boy. <laughs> my boy. I imagine... So Talks like um, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Yes. Yes. Right? Absolutely. The real old-timey. John now, now, here's here's the interesting part. That's the glasscock part of the story. There's a quest part of the story from Joe Quest. We get to go is, on a quest? Not quite. Okay. But they have differing stories, so I'm sure this led to some sort of skirmish at some point. I have to imagine. Um, when when Quest was playing for the Chicago White Stockings in 1882. They did not call them socks back then, I tell you no, what. No, no, those are stockings. Yes. And I kind of wish we still did that. And you wear your baseball britches? Like, I want a new pair of Nike Elite stockings. Stockings. Yeah, it's got class to it. It's it got does. some It's class in it. Class in it. Now, apparently, Quest and the, his teammates spent an off day watching horse races on the south side of Chicago. Cool. According to a tip they'd received the previous night, a horse named Charlie was practically guaranteed to win. Um, as a as a outfielder um, stated, the tip was touted as a cinch. It simply couldn't lose, and we all got on. <laughs> <laughs> a cinch. <laughs> Now it to be hundred <laughs> Everyone placed bets on Charlie the horse except for Joe Quest, and the other players teased him for his choice. But Quest got the last laugh. Although Charlie had a sizable lead from the beginning, he ultimately stumbled and injured himself going around the last turn and lost. Oof. Quest allegedly told his teammates. Look at your old Charlie horse now. Oh, mic drop. I love that. So, I mean, that's something. It's definitely something. It <laughs> makes me sad for Charlie, both because he lost the race and because if he's injured, 
like end of the line it's life, it's life-wise for that horse i feel like horse racing is one of those things where i'm like god i mean does it get more wrong than that <laughs> you know as a matter of fact it does and it's called greyhound racing oh yeah 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 yeah. that's no a, that's there too i mean I a greyhound race once it was it was uh it was a different time i was i don't remember how old i was but i do remember <laughs> that the greyhounds were absolutely shredded like every muscle in their leg you could see they were like twice the size of what I expected them to look like. Wow. Yeah. They're the, the bodybuilders of their of their sport. Just some jacked dogs. What would be what would be the most like if dogs were humans? What who would be the the, the most veiny muscle dog out there? You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like the real Jim <laughs> Bro type. Man, I wish I could have phrased that. <laughs> hey what's done is done and we'll, we'll work with that um the veiniest human dog great question i think it would have to be probably like a pit bull right or and i'm just going for the easy joke here wiener dog baby everybody everybody was thinking it no I'm waiting for it. Think I think, it. I think they would have a really strong core. Mm. I worry about the arms and legs, though. So are you saying that the dogs... I'm, I'm imagining <laughs> that it's a dog, but it like, looks like a human. Like the proportions of that dog breed, but it is a human. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it moves like a human. Right. So does that mean, okay, so if it moves like a human, are the front paws hands? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or don't rule this out. Since they're feet for dogs, they would be feet for humans. And it would be the proportions of that dog breed, but it would be a human. So like the, the wiener dog would walk on its hind legs, but its little dads <laughs> at the front would be two more feet, you know? Ooh. Yeah, that would be tough. That's tough. Tough talk. Tough talk. Tough talk for a guy with four <laughs> feet. I, I I don't know where to go from here. Um, I'm I'm picturing a a human dog a dog human with yes. four feet. Yep. And would they need? Would they wear a shirt? Do you think? I was just thinking that it's like the the fashion industry is absolutely turned upside down because you have to account for so many different arm lengths and torso lengths and like like freaking underwear on a wiener dog human is not gonna fit a Saint Bernard uh, dog human. Absolutely not. Oh. Those are those are different groin patterns for absolutely. sure. And it's not a matter of size. It's like the whole the whole proportions have got to be adjusted. You know, I feel like this would be a really great time for he dog humans to like come into existence because things like baggy t-shirts are mm. in in vogue right now. Like, you know, that could work for a lot of different dogs. Definitely you know, wouldn't work for a wiener dog, though. Baggy t-shirt on a wiener dog would mean their hand feet are within the like, there's no way that those are sticking out. You know, they're just like covered in one shirt. Because the sleeves would be so baggy, there's poor little hand feet when, when they have to roll those suckers up, you know? So, so we're talking a lot of custom shirts here. A yeah, lot of them. A lot, a lot. And like, do they wear shoes on their feet hands? Well, I, I'm imagining they that they... I, yeah, I'm not, I, I would say no because I imagine they, they walk on two of their legs you know most of the time yep the scenario it would be as challenging for the dog human to walk on four legs as it is for us but they would just be cursed with feet for hands and, and cursed with knowledge 
Right. <laughs> Cursed with the knowledge that they once knew bliss and now all that they know is pain. Which is so rough. <laughs> okay. Uh, question. Do you think that ailments common to dogs in their dog form would translate to human dogs? So, like, would there be a hip dysplasia epidemic among human dogs? Because I don't know a single human with hip dysplasia. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll wait. There are some people in your life that I don't know as well. So I, That's I, I don't know if I can do that. Right. But Fair enough. I want to say yes. Me too. We're talking the same body, but you just flip it 90 degrees, you know? It's almost more likely that you'd have hip dysplasia. Right. Because your, your joints aren't, you know... That's not what they're made for. Uh-uh. And like, what, uh, these what, boots are made for walking. Yes. And yeah. that's just what they'll do. But but one of, one the of these days, days I I think that these boots are going to be walking all over you with hip dysplasia. Yes, yes. That's a new addition. Well, I'm also thinking about the spine of a dog, right? Mm. And Currently, it does not have like it's. It doesn't. It's not working against gravity in the same way that a human spine is. Does that make sense? It's like a different plane. Yes. So, I'm I'm concerned that like if you take a wiener dog, just because they have just the most outrageous torsos I can think of, and you flip it vertical, would it be able to support itself, or would it look like one of those? car dealership inflatable fellas i think it would always look like there are three humans stacked on top of each other under a trench coat like in little rascals yeah sometimes i think it could pass but for the most part there's some weird vibes going on there you know what i mean (laughs) for the most part you think that if a a human with the proportions of a wiener dog were able to support itself, it would pass as a human? That no, is, it would pass as a is, human dog. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like okay, a dog okay. human. <laughs> say, that is daring. <laughs> but I love where your head's at. You'd be like, oh, that's a normal dog human. Because <laughs> the ears, too, like... The ears is a problem. Yeah. I think the ears would be a problem. And would they be covered in hair? Or would it just be, like... Yeah, I think so. Well, so then is it just a dog on its hind legs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the premise is it's a little more jacked. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So this it's is a beefy dogs- dog on hind legs. <laughs> and this is what dogs want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then they could reach the table for food scraps anytime. Right, right. Well, they probably we probably view them differently, right? We, we view them as like, they get a seat at the table, I think. Definitely. Like a plate and a fork and a knife. Oh, interesting. You're thinking of a, of a situation in which regular humans and dog humans ex- exist in the same world. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, my small, small sweet potato brain was like, okay, if there are dog humans, then there are human dogs like we've switched places oh my god oh oh boy well i thought that would be a little too horrifying for already you know two prior topics that give the heebie-jeebies sure yeah i guess it doesn't go both ways though no because it would just be humans who crawl around (laughs) Ah, uh, yes, the humans who crawl around. To crawl. I'll tell you what, if humans crawled around like that all the time, there'd be a lot of Charlie horses. I forgot that that's what we started talking <laughs> about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that's probably where we end it because I don't I don't think you could get better than whatever we just talked about for the last 10 minutes. So we've absolutely squeezed all the juice out of this lemon, I'll tell you that much. We, and and we grabbed a few lemons from the back that 
nobody wanted and mm-hmm. we, we delved into those too yeah we did they've been sitting around rotting those there's there's a reason lemons. no one had touched them you know we're not well afraid. people aren't brave enough to talk about dog humans no it's true i like i said before chad we like push boundaries here at this, this and at triple and, t <laughs> and give sketchy medical advice but you know whatever yeah, I, I uh, disclaimer: don't do anything that we suggest ever. That's just for protection for the two of us. I've got our backs. Please don't mummify your friends. Please, for the last time, we've said it over and over again. Just don't do it. It's not a good look for you or your family. It's not, and don't look for mummified man on Amazon. I already looked. It's very expensive. That's not true. It doesn't exist. I hope I haven't looked. Please don't look. Chad, any parting, <sighs> any parting words? Um, oh, hope everyone can sleep after this one. <laughs> and with that, we leave you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll uh, see you again soon.